Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR, talent, and leadership communities to you. For more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com, subscribe and follow us on social media. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Podcast. I'm Pauline James, founder and CEO of Anchor HR, and it's my pleasure to be your pod host today. In this episode, we ask, how do people and culture divisions need to adapt their approach and services to meet the changing needs of employees? And what is the role of technology within this evolution? Listen to as we discuss the Agility Reimagined Summit held in beautiful downtown Toronto on September 14th. Joining me on the show is Tunde Kolarinwa, Vice President of Talent Management at Rexall. Tunde has distinguished himself as a capable leader and is a champion for new ways of working and supporting employees. He is focused on enabling Rexall's growing workforce to achieve their goals and potential. As a member of Rexall's senior leadership team, Tunde works closely with the HR team and Rexall's leadership team on organizational effectiveness, employee engagement tactics, succession planning, recruitment, training and leadership development, career pathing, and workforce planning. Tunde, welcome to the HR Chat Podcast. Thanks, Pauline. Thanks for the introduction. And uh, hello to all the listeners to the show. Beyond my short introduction, can you begin by taking a minute to tell the HR chat listeners a little bit more about yourself? I'd like to balance personal with the professional. Pauline's already shared my professional background. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Come to you today with about 15 plus years of industry experience. Uh, I'd like to say I've spent uh, half of my um, lifetime in Canada and the other half in Nigeria. I'm married um, to a lovely wife and I'm a proud girl dad. I'm also an avid um, soccer fan. Uh, my favorite team is Chelsea FC. The days of matching web keyword searches with resumes and job descriptions is over. It's all about cultural fit. Workzinga empowers job seekers looking for jobs and employers looking for new hires to have thoughtful and insightful conversations, making the recruiting process more successful for both sides. Learn more at workzinga.com. Tende, you lead the talent management function in a complex organization. You are in the retail business, have pharmacy stores across the country. You were supported by pharmacists and frontline employees during the pandemic. And you also have a head office and shared services function that have varied demands and needs. How do you approach talent management with this complexity? Oh, uh, seen as you put it that way, it definitely makes it more more, sound more complex than it really is. So thanks for that. Um, for us, it's really quite simple. Um, it's really embedded in, in our values, our eye care values, where we treat each individual as they would like to be treated, essentially. Um, we really try to individualize each experience um, while ensuring that we support the business and um, what we term our internal and external customers. So external customers, uh, um, folks that do not work with Rexall, um, and internal customers being the folks that do work with Rexall. Um, so what that means for us and my team, for myself, my team, and the HR team in general is really finding that intersect of all three. Um, what will ensure that um, we're providing the best possible value to the business, um, to our customers, um, again, both internal and external. Um, 
It also means being very flexible and adaptable while also being firm but fair. Sometimes you have to pull the business in a direction that they did not necessarily think they were going to go. Um, same thing for internal customers and same thing for the external customers as well. So it's really trying to achieve that balance between all three um, by leveraging um, both quantitative and qualitative data. I really like and appreciate how you've just exemplified how if you have a model that's based on your approach and your values, you can simplify the complex and have guiding principles that are that are flexible. Thank you for that. Uh, Tunde, how do you challenge yourself and your team to take an evidence-based approach to making recommendations and building programs? Great question. So for myself and my team, you know, in our efforts to really data, a data-centric organization, we also recognize that we have to balance it with being human-centric as well. Um, we build based on the need, um, we test and then we measure, we evaluate, we make adjustments, and then we go again, essentially. Um, to really challenge ourselves, we balance what we see in the external market. Um, we use that as a foundation, build on it, ensuring it's applicable to our reality. Worst thing we can do is, you know, roll out a program and people say, well, that doesn't work in our world. So how do we ensure that um, this works in our reality, seeing as it's a complex organization? We ensure that it's aligned with our strategic objectives um, and ensure that it includes our customer voice as well. Um, it's also important that our insights um, are balanced between what the numbers state and what the realities of our uh, employee base is. Thank you. I so appreciate how you've really set out a great model for making sure, yes, we've got one eye on uh, the advice, the trends that are in play, but really anchoring that with a solid knowledge of what is going on within our organization and what are our employees and customers telling us. Uh, when you note about anchoring it back with uh, what's actually going on beyond the numbers, how do you do that? So we do that by running uh, quite a few surveys. Um, we have our annual survey that we run every September, um, but also we have quarterly pulse surveys um, within there as well. Um, and there, the pulse surveys are very flexible with regards to what topics we focus on. And it's really based on either initiatives that were rolling out at that time or um, what we are feeling or hearing from the team. So then we gather um, some, some good data from uh, um, a, a few folks um, within the organization to ensure that we're making um, changes and addressing um, issues that people really, really do care about. An average, we typically see about a 60 to 70% response rate when we survey, which really means that our employees feel engaged and trust us enough that they um, want to share that information. And I think we've done a very good job in um, responding to what they have shared um, and addressing their concerns. Emptrust HR Solutions provides human capital management and talent management solutions and services for a global workforce. Their core HR solutions help companies to create great onboarding experiences for new hires through new hire portals, forms, and task management with advanced tools. Learn more at emptrust.com. You spoke at the Agility Reimagined Summit 
produced by the HR Gazette and Anchor HR in downtown Toronto on September 14th. In our fireside chat, we discussed the HR function of the future being an insights-driven and adaptive center of innovation. Our central question was, how do people and culture divisions need to adapt their structure, approach, and services to ensure they are equipped to meet the changing needs of employees and the organization? Can you share a key takeaway that you are hoping attendees had? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the key takeaways is um, data is is king, <laughs> essentially, um, in you know relate, relating to our employees, relating to the external world. Um, and so on. So it's important that you always give people the opportunity, you create an environment for people to be able to share their opinions, um, for you to be able to hear, listen to, and react to their opinions. In our, um, in our, in our work world, um, we deal with people, right? And we know that people are changing. We know that we've come to realize that what people expect externally, so outside of the workforce, is what they're now expecting internally. So you think about just-in-time delivery services, gig um, services. So I want to order um, a pair of shoes right now. I go on Amazon and it's delivered within a day or two. That's similar to the approach that people expect in the workforce from their, um, um, from their employers. So really taking that and understanding what the needs of our employees are and meeting them where they are uh, by continuous listening. Um, the other thing is, you know, culture um, continues to evolve. And um, with, with the world being very interconnected this day, these days, um, culture is evolving at an even more rapid pace than we are used to. Because now I can tell you what people are doing in India from a work, um, work perspective, in Sweden, and so on and so forth. So people are getting more exposed, which means we have to listen a lot um, more and react a lot quicker than we've been used to in the past. Thank you. Again, appreciate your balanced uh, approach and understanding and really uh, highlighting how employees are expecting in many ways the same level of technology they're experiencing in their personal lives and responsiveness and, and also that employees are looking for environments that represent them better yeah. where they feel more actively engaged and involved. Tunde, your organization has implemented an office as a destination model. Can you tell us what this means within your organization and also how you've been an ambassador for this shift? Yeah, for sure. So um, we actually, we're actually in the office on Wednesday. Um, I think we had the largest attendance in the office on Wednesday. Now, I won't tell you or say that it had, it was structured around a social event, which, which allowed everyone to come in, but that's what happened. I actually read something today that uh, by Microsoft and they said, pulling people into the office, um, you need to kind of structure around a social event. Now, what I see is you need to make the visits worth employees while, um, and based on your employee base, it could either be a social event, a brainstorming event, and so on and so forth. And that's kind of how we structured our office as a destination model. We solely, we believe as, um, as an organization, uh, we believe in the importance of um, purpose-driven time together, um, as well as uh, flexibility of the work environment. Um, it's really an opportunity for employees to practice work-life separation where possible. Um, and in our model, we recommend coming in for, you know, things like performance um, discussions, innovation and collaboration discussions, um, training events, um, networking events, um, onboarding, um, et cetera. 
um, essentially the office um, visits should be um, worth the employee's um, time, which is a shift because in the past it was always you come to the workplace because this is what we've always done. Um, now employees have really told us that I'll come to the workplace, but only if you have something for me to do there, because I can do the work at home as well as in the office as well. So how do we as employers ensure that we are making the office visits worth their time? I think this is a challenge that um, we as HR professionals, as organizations um, need to embrace, um, accept and confront. Thank you. And again, just so appreciate you're coming from the employee lens uh, and individuals that saw how productive they could be without sitting at their desk, how they appreciated the flexibility that was garnered with, yes, I can drop my kid off at school or check in on my aging parent and accomplish more in a day. At the same time, you have, I'm guessing like many organizations, many leaders who are, oh, good, we can go back to how things where in the past and some are more comfortable managing tasks potentially rather than outcome how have you supported leaders in embracing this approach yeah that's a great question because <clears throat> even till today we still have some leaders who are a bit iffy um and 50 50 and some of them more 80 20 than than than, than most but what we've done is, um, again, our, our, our group, we're lucky enough to, to have employees that always like to share their opinion. So, again, continuous surveys, hearing what they're saying, hearing and understanding what the barriers are, and then allowing leaders to tailor the solutions to their teams specifically. So one of the recommendations that came out of um, some of these events was really ensuring that, um, you know, teams understand the barriers. Um, for their for their uh, for their particular group, and then working with that particular group to come up with a solution. So some call it a charter, some just call it rules, but really involving the team in saying, okay, here are the reasons that we can come into the office. Where can we agree that you will come into the office based off of X Y Z reason? So do you want all your one on ones in person? If um, majority of the team says we prefer one on ones in person, guess what? One on ones will now be held in person. Um, and things of that nature. So really allowing the teams to, or coaching the teams um, to ensure that they are involving their team members in creating the rules and um, regulations and charter for, for lack of a better term of their engagement um, with the office as well. And that's the coaching we've done with, with some teams. We've realized that some teams that um, are struggling with it typically don't have a charter. They've not involved their, their team members in building the rules and regulations around um, you know, why they should be coming into the office and, 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 and creating those real moments that matter to um, all parties. Um, and folks who have then have since pivoted and involved people in those discussions have seen some success. Uh, you know, they're, not, they're less anxious uh, on both sides, the employer side or the leader side and the employee side. Um, and when people come together, they are really real meaningful moments. It really sounds like you're teaching and coaching leaders to be more evidence-based Yep. <laughs> themselves and personalizing solutions, the right fit for their team, as opposed to relying on prescriptive, potentially outdated approaches. Uh, 100%, 100%. So everything I just said, you just summarized perfectly. <laughs> I understand that you are implementing AI within HR. And I'd love to hear more about how that's going and your journey in that regard. Can you tell us about the employer relations and recruitment projects that you are currently working on? Absolutely. So this is something that we're right in the middle of doing. Um, 
we just recently launched, I think we're about a month and two weeks into launching um, AI technology into our recruitment um, or, or recruitment uh, organization. And we are exploring um, launching it into our ER organization as well. The real impetus behind um, introducing AI into this is ensuring that we're able to um, elevate the teams and get them to really focus on strategic objectives um, by minimizing the transactional activities that occur um, day to day. These transactional activities typically result in frustration on, for example, the recruiter side and also the candidate side. So how do we create um, a smoother um, experience um, for both parties? So again, when we think about Think back to internal and external customers and individualizing and customizing to meet them. This is another example of another way that we're doing this. Um, I will take the recruitment um, um, organization, for example, because that's near and dear to me. We just launched it. We've implemented conversational AI on our um, rexall.ca careers um, page, where you come in and you just ask a few questions around what you're looking for or you answer a few questions uh, on what you're looking for as you interact with our chatbot and it directs you to the particular job that, that you may be interested in or exactly what you want. The goal is that this evolves into a platform where you can actually book time with, an, uh, with a recruiter um, at, a, at a time that's convenient for you and also convenient for the recruiter as well, which eliminates the pre-screen process and also the back and forth that goes into um, um, deciding what, or matching calendars up. So right off the bat, it's a great experience for the candidate and also a great experience for the recruiter. Now, really quickly, based on our preliminary numbers that we've seen, we see that um, I, I believe it's Wednesdays. Um, we typically get more activity on the Wednesday. 70% um, of our activity is during the day, um, which means that's when uh, candidates are interacting with the chatbot, which also means this is when recruiters are typically busy as well because they have their interviews at that time. So now, instead of um, uh, us missing candidates or losing candidates because they can't interact with anyone, we, we've now eliminated that process where they're still interacting with Rexel as an organization and can um, feel like they are indeed part of the process. We've also realized that 30% of those individuals are interacting with the chatbot after work hours. These are people that we definitely wouldn't have been able to contact or interact with at all. So win-win for both parties, we're not losing candidates. Candidates are not losing out on missing out on opportunities, and this is something we hope to replicate on the employee relations side, where um, the ER team is is less focused on how many vacation days do I have left, um, can I get an employment letter, and so on and so forth, and more focused on things like investigations and the like that actually um, require your time. Fantastic! I just love hearing too how it seems you what you targeted prioritized projects where there was clear administrative friction points yep. that there's a clear win for your HR team to have many of these things automated, but also what you're learning about how you're reducing friction points and identifying further opportunities to, to reduce friction points for candidates, for employees, uh, and, and further for your team. Yeah, for sure. 100%. So far, so good. All parties love it. <laughs> What advice would you have for HR divisions that are considering implementing and experimenting with AI with further automation? I would say just get started. Um, no, so the thing with AI is when people hear AI, they think of this big, lofty, massive um, um, undertaking. It's as little as just automating 
um, um, calendars, right? Um, because it's, it's, it's automated. That's really what it is, right? It's artificial intelligence that's automated. So, um, and then there's a learning that comes from it as well. So no matter how small it is, just start on that journey, start on that road. You don't have to think about, you know, um, something out of the matrix right off the bat you know you have to build towards that and a lot of the ai technologies out there is all about machine learning so tools are learning at the same time so you get started you learn about um what your your friction points are you learn about what your path to success is going to be um and you build on that right but the key to it is just get started get started get working on it um you will build you will fail you will um learn you will um build again you learn throughout the entire process and it's truly is an eye-opening journey that it reaps rewards at the end of the day. Thank you. Such great insights. Appreciated. Tende, as we finish up, I know this was a short discussion. How should listeners reach you if they would like to learn more and connect with you? Uh, for me, it's really LinkedIn. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm a recruiter at heart. So LinkedIn is near and dear to me. I think I check it about 20 times a day. So uh, feel free to connect to me on LinkedIn. Just look up Tunde. Uh, you can type Tunde Rexall. I think I'm probably the only Tunde at uh, Rexall, so I should pop up. Um, you can type Tunde Colorinwa, um, and I will pop up. I am definitely the only Tunde Color in the whole world, so uh, <laughs> you can try that, and you'll find me there. But LinkedIn is definitely the best way um, to, to contact me and reach out to me. I'll remember that the next time I'm tracking you down. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to share your insights with us, Tunde. It was fantastic of you. It was certainly my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. There are hundreds of conversations with business experts available for free on the HR Gazette website, Apple, Spotify, and all the main platforms. And remember to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media.